So again, um, intercession, intercession today, watch the video. I think these two were powerful statements um, that I've kind of heard um, over the years. Intercession is agreeing with what he will do. And then intercession is a surrendered life to the will of God. Yeah, Like along with that, I think it was also kind of just good to mention um, besides the intercession part, um, the thing went like uh, it was worship is agreeing with who he is and the intercession is again what he will do. So I think those two things combined is like really sweet. Um, when we're worshiping, we're agreeing, you know, where the songs we're singing, we're declaring who he is, depending on the song, um, declaring who he is and like things like that. And then intercession is we're agreeing with what he's the things it's hard to say because it's right up there um like the future things you know we're, we're interceding for this thing to happen we're saying yes like you are victorious so we can pray from that place and we're going to see this thing happen um so i love kind of the future context of it because if we're in agreement with um the thing we're praying and then you know session behind it um again the future tense of he's going to do that not he might but he's going to and then the surrender part, I, I think that's just really beautiful. Um, us laying down our hearts or whatever it is to, to pray what's on his heart and kind of chase after um, things of heaven. Um, so again, he kind of mentioned this in the video. We talked about, again, my house should be called a house of prayer. We should be called, the whole body, the whole church is called to intercession. We're called to be prayer warriors. We're called to these things. Um, and it says, again, the scripture here, uh, Isaiah 56, 12, and then Matthew 21, 13 is, um, my house should be called the house of prayer. So it's, it's funny, it's when like, people like, feel like they're not called to it, but in scripture, it's obvious that we're called to this thing, um, and it's important that we do engage with him, and we do press in for these things. And then just in terms of intercession, um, we all see what's going on throughout the world and the nation. Um, lawlessness increasing, moral confusion is engaging in conflicts. Um, there's racism, terrorism, sexual morality. All these things are increasing in this world. And he can be the only one that can step in these situations. Because, um, again, we talked about last week about strongholds. Who's the one, who are the ones that are going to press into those areas to pray for strongholds to be broken, to see these sexual morality, see these things broken down if we're not interceding, you know? So we can't be lazy and not do it, you know, because someone's got to pull them down or we're going to continue to see these things happening and seeing crisis. Um, so I have scripture. So if you guys want to bring out Bibles, we'll kind of get some verses and you guys can read some, um, all verses kind of around the idea of um, the activity of intercession. So can someone get 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2? And the next one is Isaiah 53, 53 12. 
And whenever you have it, just let me know. First Timothy, yeah. Uh, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. Another one was Isaiah 53, 12. I'll just go through these real quick and then we'll figure out who wants to read them. Um, the next one's Ephesians 6, 18. And then Matthew 5, 44. I'm sorry, first Timothy, what? 2, 1 and 2. Oh, 2, 1 and 2. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Um, 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 um. Where am I at? Uh, Numbers 12, 13. And then 1 Kings 13, 6. Do you need a new pen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take mine. Thank you. Um, I said 1 Kings, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, Acts seven sixty. Uh, well, he mentioned it. We'll we'll read it. Um, Psalm sixty nine. And we got two more. Um, Hebrews seven twenty five. And Hebrews three one. There was a lot through. I'm like, I'm gonna try to keep within like. <laughs> what was the last Hebrews? Um, Hebrews seven twenty five, and then Hebrews three. All right. So who wants First Timothy? I'm there. I can. Oh, you're there. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and read that one. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may be led, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Isaiah fifty three twelve. I got that one up. Right. Oh, you're, yeah, go for it. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. Shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made the intercession for the transgressors. Um, Ephesians six. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. I'll get Matthew five. If I can get there quick enough. Goodness. Um, Matthew five forty four. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Who wants numbers? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please hear her, O God, I pray. And then first Kings. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored 
that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and it became as it was before. Um, I've got Acts 7. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Psalm 69. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> One of those days. Yeah, I mean, I'm all pumped up today. I'm all fired up. Uh, just the whole thing? Because I can do it. Go for it. Send it. All right. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord of God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those who, that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. And the reproaches of them that are reproached thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me not, let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me from, deliver me because of mine enemies. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And to, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened, they, that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thine indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. 
Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall, shall, the humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth, despiseth not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, that they may not, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Let's go. I didn't realize it was that long. <laughs> I had got going. I was like, okay, just do it, man. Hey, that was good though. Um, Hebrew seven. Thanks. I've been practicing. Sorry. Sorry, I'm full of them today. You just don't mind me. You're good. What do you say, James? Isn't that King James too? The these and thous. Yeah. Okay, Hebrews seven. Um, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And then the last one, Hebrews three one. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Mark everything. Good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like almost all the scripture point to at least some kind of prayer, some kind of intercession for like someone else, you know. Um, I think it's just key that we see it in Scripture to know that we're called to this again, kind of like this, this, the continual call to intercession. Um, that I know sometimes it might not be as focal, like we talked about a little bit earlier um, in church, but I think when we incorporate what is on the Lord's heart, when we're saying, "Hey, like Lord, fill me with what fills you. What's what's on your heart? What 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 burdens you?" When we have those burdens, um, we have to. Act and I think intercession is one of those actions. I think that's key in seeing these things um, like flipped over. So um, I know it's just super good that to hear so many people in the Bible are saying, "Hey, what's this thing is going on? Let's pray for it," um, and like let's be consumed by you, Lord, so that well we we will press in for what what pleases you. And I think the one key point um, I had written down, I think Corey mentioned it in that video. Is that the veil has been torn? We don't have to go to the mountain, you know, to to meet with him and pray. We have this right now. We could just pray and press in for him. Um, we have to go anywhere. We don't have to go in the holy of holies, whatever it is. We're already there. So we have again, we have his ear. We have the victory from that place. We need to press in so that we can see these things. Um, our prayers be answered, I guess. Can I ask you that real quick? Yeah, go for it. I was reading. Um, James the other night, uh, James 4, 6, and 7, and 8, rather, um, resist the devil and he shall flee. And it says, draw near to God, and draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And it just hit me, like, who draws first? We do. Yeah. Like, we draw near to God and, like, the creator of the world. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like he's like, okay, I'm here anyway, because the veil is torn. Like, yeah. That's just, for me, yeah. it was just like, whoa. Like, yeah. it just hit me differently. That's all. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, I love the Hebrews part where he's talking about that, you know, Jesus is up there on our behalf making intercession. So, like, we're making intercession here on, on earth, but he's making an intercession in heaven. Like, so, like, we're kind of, like, tag teaming it, you know? Um, so, I love just that picture of him up there and us, us down here kind of meeting him with um, prayer. Did any of those verses, like, stick out to you guys at all? Or maybe some other things you've read before where it's, like, this has stirred me up to press in for this thing or anything like that? The one that Ryan read, I took the wrong one. I was just sitting there and like, I was, <laughs> I was thinking of my, me when I'm at work, and especially these last couple of days, because there's just um, a lot of, unfortunately, um, deception. Yeah. And like, I feel sometimes like, and it could just be the enemy trying to mess with me. Yeah. I feel like there are some that are against me. Yeah. And some that are, some of my coworkers that are needing encouragement. They don't know who to turn to, who to trust. Even though it was, it was long, I was just like, wow, just, I could pick myself literally throughout that whole scripture. Yeah, yeah, it is. Even like a short, we talked about that first class, like short prayers, you know, we can intercede, we only say a million things, but mm -hmm. like today, we unfortunately had this, we've had some crazy days the past few days, but um, uh, last period, um, the rest of the day was fine, but this one kid was... Uh, kids are just picking on a kid who probably had something going on. Um, and the kid comes up to us, asks to go to the mental, the mental health specialist. And his teacher takes him out. And I guess the teacher came back to me and he's like, um, this kid pretty much pretty much said he's been been picked on every school he's been. And he's like, I like, want to kill myself. And I'm just like, oh, Lord, just like get him right now. And because, you know, that grip, you know, you're gripped by that and immediate re reaction we can do that quick prayer and like he needs it now like lord get him like bring him peace be his comfort you know um so again incorporating this those small short prayers in those moments when we may not have a million forever to to press in press in press in but we have that time to at least lift it up because again the the worst prayer is a prayer that's not said so at least bringing it up to him because you know he knows our hearts and if we voice it to him he's going to answer it um so I have like the rest of I have a lot of stories because like I think stories just stir up my hunger. They stir up my desire to be with him because I I was always in a charismatic environment, hearing all these stories and it just build my faith. Like my spiritual mother would always tell me, "Hey, like study study revival, study things of the past to like build your hunger to to get build your expectation of what maybe whatever's on your heart, build the expectation of things that you've seen in the past, so that when you have the expectation, we can pray from that place of seeing he's done this." Now this thing's in my heart. Now I know I can press in and he's going to do it again for me. Because um, again, I think I've always said this phrase, history begins with the intercessors. You know, it's the prayer warriors. Those, those ones who are digging in deep are the ones who are going to change history. We talked about earlier, big intimacy, big impact. Are we going to, we talked about Jericho, are we going to go around seven times? Are we going to go around two times? 
You know, are we going to press in? Are we going to tarry with him and linger with him to see what is on our heart broken through? So I have like a few stories and um, just some other things. And then I think like we're just kind of supposed to turn this into like a prayer meeting um, for the last part of this. Um, but I heard this story a couple months ago. I've never heard it before. It was so sweet. Um, so there's this um, bunch of Bible students. They're going to see John Wesley's house, um, I think in England or Wales. I forget where it is. Um, so he's, he's one of the main leaders of the Second Great, Great Awakening. So these students, they're going to check out his house. And they're going each and every part of his room. Every Everything is check it out, see where he ate, see where he prayed. Um, things like that. And they get, to, they get to the bedroom. And all the students are looking around. And the, the professor's there. And he goes, uh, Professor, um, what's this in the carpet? There's like these like knots in it. And he goes, I know exactly what that is. That's where, he, that's where John Wesley was praying. He spent so much time on the ground on his knees praying. It left like marks in the carpet. Wow. So those Bible students finished their tour, head them back to the bus. And professor's counting, counting all the students, and one's missing. So he goes back in the house, starts looking in every room, can't find them. Starts walking toward the, the bedroom. And he goes, Lord, do it through me. What you did in John Wesley, do it through me. And the professor like walks walks over. He sees the kid praying. Billy Graham stands up, walks out of the room, gets on the bus. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that just shocked me. I'm like, ooh. Like, yeah. Like, will that be us? You know, will we make these holes in this carpet? Will we? I think it's it's weird sometimes, like, you go into a place and you have the smells of that place, and, like, me being weird, like, I go into a place and I, just, I can just remember the smell of the carpet. Like, some places I've been, I can distinctly remember the church I went to in Toledo, the church in, uh, I went to in Kalamazoo, I remember the, car the smell of the carpet, because I remember just being face down on the ground, seeking after him and crying out to him, I just can, can walk in and just remember the smell of the carpet. You know, <laughs> but like, are, are we going to that place? You know, are we going to press in for that much where we're going to, we're going to run this mellow carpet. We're going to have tears everywhere, you know? So I think like, that story was awesome. Um, so I have some other ones, just again, my love for revival history and just intercession. Um, so I have a few different people and things like that who I want to share with you guys who you may know, you may not know. Um, but they're super cool people to like dig deeper into, um, learning about them and just, again, stirring that faith. Um, one of them is Reese Howells. Uh, he, he has a great book about intercession, just called Intercession, I think. Or no, it's, I think it's, it might be just his name. I don't remember. Um, but I'm halfway through it. I've had it for years and just haven't, haven't been able to finish it, but it's been so good. Um, so the crazy thing about him is he was an intercessor during World War II. He like would get battle plans from the Lord, and he'd like share them with like the army, oh, wow. and whatever would happen somehow, these plans were perfect, and things like that. And I'm like, that precision of just getting those kind of crazy things, and like pressing in a time of chaos in the world, and he was there praying and praying, and the Lord gave him these battle plans, strategic things that the 
army was supposed to do and you know it helped solve and get rid of hitler and fascism so <laughs> reese howells r-e-e-s-h-o-w-e-l-l-s um the next one is daniel nash um he's awesome probably the one most like secret like prayer dudes um again this is uh well charles finney he led the he was second great awakening second great awakening um Maybe John West, I forget when John West, he wasn't going to mess that one up, but um, you get the point. Um, but Charles Finney, Second Great Awakening, he was doing his crusades throughout um, everywhere. So before <laughs> before he would go in, Daniel Nash would go ahead and he'd just get a room somewhere and he'd just pray in tongues, pray for days and days and days and days or months, however long it took. And whenever he felt like, you know, the, the ground is, is fertile here. He'd call, call up Charles, Charles Fenney. He's like, they're ready. Like, you can come in now. Like, they're ready for your word. And thousands, hundreds of thousands would get saved. But it was like a, he would wait until Daniel Nash would pray before he'd come. And he would just fast and pray and sit there. And whenever he felt the atmosphere was right, he'd call him up, bring him guns blazing, and people would get saved. <laughs> Healed all the goodness. Um, next one is John Hyde, John Praying Hyde. Um, there's another book called John Praying Hyde. Um, it's another good one. So he was a missionary to India in the early 1800s. Um, so he was pretty much failing in ministry. He's like, I'm going to sell everything, go to India, live for you, Lord. Had a failing ministry for years. And he's like, I'm about to just call it quits. But then, um, he felt called to a fast. So he began fasting and praying and interceding for India. And as soon as the fast ended, like a revival broke out. Like people were getting healed miraculously left and right everywhere he went. And again, just pressing it. He, he was like, oh, I'm done. Nothing's happening here. I'm going to go back to the States, do my thing. But he's like, no, like I, my heart burns for this place. I'm going to stay. I'm going to fast. And then people got saved. Healed, delivered. Um, and then I have um, the Layman's Prayer Revival. Uh, that was in New York in the mid-1800s. Um, I do have the guy's name. Yeah, Jeremy Lamprey, I think it is. So he, the Lord really put in his heart that he was supposed to gather a prayer meeting at, at this church at noon every day. So he first started, he started it, um, Noon, like the that's when they had the lunch bells for like uh, break time. So as soon as the whistle broke, blew, he went to this church, and it's being praying for the nation. First meeting, no one came. Second day, three people came, and it doubled and doubled and doubled until that church was filled up. Another church started, and another, and another, and another, and like prayer just broke out at noon throughout New York City um, for like two or three years, I think it was, where people just stopped at lunch every day and they'd go pray. Um, another one, uh, the Smith Sisters, um, Hebrews Revival. They have these blind, old oh, picture of them, these two blind old women. The picture is just kind of funny, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're saints, though. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they were just burdened by 
by um, their country of just kind of hearing things and just pre- they were like you know, something needs to change and these two blind like the, the least of people you know two blind old women prayed together and prayed together and prayed together and then finally the Hebrides revival broke out you know people um, what am I thinking bars closed like uh, there's some wild stories from Hebrides revival people would turn themselves in to the authorities because they were so like hit with the weight of um, sin. And then the last guy I have for you is Evan Roberts. Um, he was the Welsh Revival. He was a young guy, and he was, was burning for the Lord. He kept pressing in year, time, like, I think he had a I think a story, something about he got burned for it and, like, when he was a teenager, and he's got praying and praying, and nothing would happen. And then once, in his like, early 20s, um, the Welsh Revival broke out. But again, this, this young guy, you know, not someone who has much authority or someone who is this high up person, just this, this kid in his, in his teen, like teenage years, just pressing in and pressing in and not giving up. And then revival breaks, it breaks out. Um, yeah. So I know just, just the word Terry just always burdens me of like, will, will we wait with him? Cause I feel like when I've been in seasons of what's all I want, have I have I pressed in long enough? Have I given him my full attention? Have I wanted what is on his heart? Or has it been like a fleshly thing where I'm like, oh, like, yeah, like, I want to see these things happen, but is it truly my heart? I press in for that because I remember, like, this is, like, probably right after COVID, I remember just super just, that all that stuff disturbed me up so much to see the Lord move because everything that was going on. And I just remember going to my church I, and just like, since I wasn't working, I was just going there and like almost every day, like, I'm just sitting with you for like two hours. Um, I always want to press in and press in and press in and press in. And then it got to a point of like travail where just one day I just moaned and it was ugly. Um, <laughs> but like, I kept returning as I'm like, oh, Lord, like I'm so saddened by what's going on. I want, I want to see you break out in, and when I was living in Kalamazoo at the time, like, um, it was the most homicides that the city has seen in like 20 years. And it was only like April. And I'm like, Lord, something is going on here. And the the enemy is trying so hard. And I was just so burdened with, with seeing my city like changed. So just like finding, finding like what, what is on his heart and, <coughs> excuse me, um, and stepping in with him and putting our knees in the ground and plowing forward and saying, Lord, I'm not going to move until you move. I want to see the city transformed and I'm not going to give up until I see it transformed, until I see gun violence go down, until I see the youth renewed, until I see whatever it is, you know, um, Cause that just, it's his heart. And so like figuring out, like continue to ask him, you know, what's on your heart, Lord? What is something that maybe I'm passionate about that I can press into? Is it the youth? Is it um, the church at large? Is it cities? Is it nations? You know, whatever it is. Um, and just us really not willing to like give ground and saying, I'm going to be here. I'm going to press in. I'm going to meet with you. 
and I'm going to press in with you because you are the great intercessor. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you um, interceding on behalf of whatever the thing is to see, to see you move and to see you transform um, this situation. So um, I know stories like these are always super good. Again, just building faith, building hunger to see what's done in the past and knowing that he is the same God then, same God he is today, same God he was when Jesus was alive, the same God he is today, you know, he doesn't change. He can still do miracles, he can do, still do all these things, but are we going to like give him the shot? Are we going to like sit there with him and like come into agreement with him to Preston and Terry, Terry with him? Um, got a cat fowler. Um, let's just take like uh, a minute or two and just ask the Lord, you know, what's, what's something that's on your guys' heart? What's, what burdens you? What really gets you guys like, um, I don't know the word, but like hungry and like wanting you to like press in to see this thing switched? Is it? I don't know, I just keep thinking of youth. <laughs> um, whatever whatever it is, so just take a minute or two, um, and then we'll kind of gather and uh, write some prayer points somewhere, and we'll just kind of just light this place up in intercession, and just the fully agreement that he's, he's moving in these areas. And um, yeah, so take a minute or two, we'll figure out whatever it is, write them down, and we'll just get after it.